0: Welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment, think healthcare provision during a pandemic, think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Poppy Skeeler, the co-founder of QuietMark. Poppy's grandfather was John Connell OBE, the man who created the Noise Abatement Society and described noise as the forgotten pollutant. QuietMark's mission is to encourage manufacturers to prioritise noise reduction within product design. In the interview, Poppy outlines the effects of noise on our health and reveals how an epiphany at the age of 30 led to her following in her family's footsteps. But first, here's more on Grandfather John
1: Grandfather John. Well, it's, it's extraordinary actually looking back now when I'm, I'm 46, um, looking back at obviously how I knew him in my childhood. And if someone had told me right now I'd be doing like what he was doing, I would have like burst out laughing. It's ridiculous that I would be doing that because he was he was quite he was quite an extraordinary man. Um, he was an entrepreneur. And I just remember him as a child, very immaculately turned out, always very disciplined, a man of few words. And. He kind of lived by his action and he, he sort of take me around the block walking to talk to me about, you know, factual things. It was it was a very he was, it was a different era. And um, um, but he was a man of, of, of mission. That's really how I remember him, even as a grandfather, that um, he had this passion and that was sort of beyond reason, really, um, often with some of his projects. And, and and he was very much just aware of um, a lot of noise acceleration happening after World War II, And he. He wrote a letter to the daily telegraph in, in the you know the readers letters saying you know is anyone else experiencing this and in those days no computers and he got literally sackfuls of mail handwritten mail people saying wow yes absolutely it's terrible and, and so he thought well this is a problem and, and let's solve it so he set about single-handedly lobbying parliament um and the noise abatement act was passed which in sort of layman's terms means that for the first time, noise was actually put on the map as a pollutant. And then he set about mm-hmm. setting up the noise Abatement society that sounds very you know, retro now, but it's still rocking. It's still like 60 years, you know, um, the anniversary was last year, um, which my mother now runs. And um, Quiet Mart was born 10 years ago, really as a kind of next generation expression of um, helping everyday people and industry to, to find noise solutions really easily.
0: Looking back look at what your, your grandfather achieved, it's, it's quite extraordinary, really, wasn't it? And he's he surprised that, you know, obviously this noise pollution is a very kind of big topic now. But back then, he he was the person who kind of recognized this. And he was the person who managed to bring together all these other people who had the same problem, but hadn't been able to kind of either express it or, or even thought about it, maybe. You know, that, that's quite an extraordinary thing for your grandfather to have done that.
1: He, he was yeah he was um i would say way ahead of his time um and also tackling such a huge problem because it's everywhere it's everything it's also it's how buildings are made it's the technology inside it's um it's sort of an infinite issue to solve and the only way to do that is collaboratively working with all the different stakeholders, you know, whether we well, say stakeholders as a bit of a commercial term, but you whether it's you know general public, also people that make the machines and, and materials, but also um getting the message out so that people can actually choose and know and understand the benefits of choosing and how it affects their health.
0: It's really a family mission, isn't it? That that must be quite a um a, a unique thing really to be part of.
1: It 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 is. I kind of don't often look at it. I just sort of take it as normal. But you know, mum and I we're on the phone all day, every day. Obviously, we're in lockdown at different ends of the country now. And but I think there is something very special about working with family. Um, uh, You know, you can knock heads a bit too, but there's almost like a kind of same sense of business or the same sense of. I don't know like in the olden days you know if your father was a carpenter you became a carpenter nowadays maybe people go from different directions and maybe we've just got an old-fashioned thread here going that there's a sense of listening to the family with with sound Um, yeah
0: it certainly is a fascinating story you you mentioned the noise abatement act which was kind of the not not the end of your grandfather's work but I guess what 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 he is kind of most remembered for um, this extraordinary journey of a man writing a letter to a newspaper and ending up Actually, changing the law um, around these things—you've you, kind of mentioned it already—but maybe tell us a bit more about what the Noise Abatement Act kind of achieved.
1: Well, I think before it it was established, um, there was no uh, way of saying that noise was dangerous or having any law associated to it that could then have. Uh, a a impact upon human health Um, and it began the journey really of everyone focusing on it and putting investment towards it to to, to tackle it and solve it. So it was a kind of measurement stick really to um, to begin that journey at that point. Yeah, it was a a massive change, I, I think, mainly also because like sound and light are the whole of our existence. And up until that point, um, all sorts of measurements and, and factors were taken in for the consideration of anything that's ocular that could be seen. But in terms of oral um, measurement and uh, regarding human health, that, that hadn't even been charted.
0: There, there probably are still some people today who are unaware of the problems and the dangers of noise pollution. Maybe you can kind of describe what those are.
1: Absolutely. Well, noise pollution is 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 very simply put, is unwanted noise that um, is detrimental to health. So if it affects from something quite um, you know seems minor, like an, an annoyance, right through to um, levels of noise which cause um, cardiovascular disease. So essentially, in in very simple layman's terms, sound directly affects your hearts and your emotions and all of your physical rhythms. So depending on how much you're having to cope with, how much is coming at you, your body has to um, work to shutting it out or computing it. And the human body and the human brain and human system was only meant to cope with so much. And what, what we're experiencing sort of now, maybe a little less so in lockdown or in different ways at this current moment is that there is too much noise that's been designed in our lives that our human bodies were never designed to be compatible with. So um, it's it's almost I, I see what's happening now is almost like a new era where we're looking at um, working to change noise levels and understand it. And once that knowledge is established, then the pollutant should hopefully change and be dissolved more and more. So um, yes, it it is directly affects our our hearts, our emotions, our the whole of our physical um uh DNA and then all sorts of specifics like learning concentration sleep it really is quite an infinite problem but because it's invisible often um we think oh I've got the problem I'm just you know maybe getting old I'm irritated but actually that is very much um something that we're all suffering with and the more it's talked about and the more it's um shared the more we can all solve it together
0: is it fair to say that the impacts of noise maybe we're not completely aware of as we go through our day-to-day lives. It's only when you kind of experience quiet, you, you often hear it only when some, when someone is in, someone goes away to a retreat and they're in a silent environment and they say, Oh, it's really nice for it to be quiet. But actually when you're in your everyday life, you're not necessarily feeling the effects of the, the noise as it were, when it's just kind of a background noise, is that, is that a kind of a fair comment? This is not, this is not something that people are necessarily always kind of aware of and, and, and aware of the impact that it might be having on them both physically from a physical health point of view and from a mental health point of view
1: absolutely right so um it's i'm 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 very much focused a bit like my grandfather of 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 solving the problem it's just we have a sort of practical mentality and so the way to um bring the um spa experience weekend into your everyday is something that we we kind of need to do as society, and even more so in these lockdown days, where the whole of life is happening under one roof. Um, you know, children schooling, animals, and there's no you know boundaries. All these things, the noise actually in, inside, you start to pick up all these different things that you would never maybe no one because you're out the building more. So, um, in terms of bringing in and almost guarding, like you would any other schedule or appointment, quiet time or a silent space, or it's almost something. Because of the effect of sound upon us, because also, um, I kind of believe a bit like an elastic band that's been really, really stretched. There comes a point where it snaps. And if we sort of zoom out into a sort of bigger perspective here on society, perhaps we could say, in terms of noise pollution and sound, that the, the it was getting stretched so far. I mean, putting the pandemic aside and the, the terrible, you know, navigation of of, of the the. Um, Uh, the COVID. We were also at a point last March where schedules, travel, everything was extremely intense um, across the world. I think we all felt a bit of a relief in some ways to be slowed down. And that's given us an opportunity to sort of take stock and start to bring in new values. And I think one of the missions of Quiet Month, The Noise Abate Society is to re-establish and restore the value of quietness and the balance of sound in our lives which we've almost got an opportunity to do now so part of what we're doing is to educate um we have a charitable remit so we don't sell products it's it's purely um uh, an effort to get this knowledge out so that every individual wherever their life is taking them they can start making choices that are going to support their health and well-being whatever that scenario is so I think we've all suddenly got to focus on lots of different aspects of of the way we're living and what needs to slightly change. And I think one of those really big new trends of the moment is sound and silence and time to allow our bodies to rest and listen. And I think that is almost like an era shift going on at the same time as everything else right now to help us cope and to comfort
0: us as well poppy and when, when it comes to yourself you, do you are you um are your senses perked with with noise everywhere you go you're always thinking oh this is really noisy this is really quiet have you, have you got particular senses for this this kind of thing
1: i'm afraid so yeah it's a part of the character um, although i'm not particularly quiet character but um <laughs> but quite quite mark itself though was was born of my quiet times i i had a massive epiphany at the age of 30 where part of that reevaluating of my life journey where I was at and where I was going was to just sit quietly um and um it was actually in that sort of it was like a season of life really about a year or two where I was like you know what have I done so far where am I going and it was in the quiet times that I carved out and I I kind of needed to find answers um the only place I could find it on a very personal level was in quiet times in the morning and I'd sit with my notebook and I'd, you know, race down ideas or just, you know, splurge what, what I was feeling. But part of that kind of repivoting was where Quiet Mart was born, bizarrely enough. So it actually came from a very personal experience of needing to go to that place to find whether you want to call it healing or um redirection or um and, and, and I just found the treasure therein. I found I heard genius things that I would never have heard if I was just still rushing around. So that's become almost like a life practice without sounding too square. It's really, I just don't think about it anymore. I go straight to my chair in the morning. And even if it's five minutes or 10 minutes, um, I kind of can't live without it. Um, (laughs) It's like an anchor. Hello, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.digitalbulletin.com for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. How about AI's role in fighting the Californian wildfires? Or well, maybe one startup's mission to end illegal fisheries using satellites and machine learning? Read and subscribe at techforgood.digitalbulletin.com.
0: Okay, Poppy. So you you are the founder of Quiet Mark. For the benefit of the listener, can you tell us all about the company, what it does, and and what its mission is?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm actually co-founder with my mother, um, who's the CEO of Noise Abatement Society. I can't take all the glory because it's been very much a two-woman effort. Um, my mum is quietly amazing. You know, sharing the birthing of the award program, which is essentially a certification mark that technically measures and verifies the performance of products like for like. So um, we've now testing and verifying 80 product categories and that's increasing kind of monthly. Um, And we have expert teams of acousticians who work with us in our assessment team to um, basically verify claims and performance. So whether it's a, a kettle, a dishwasher or building materials, fabrics, um appliances to commercial machinery Um, we look at each category and we act as a consumer or a trade champion to how that product would be experienced in a real life either working or living environment Um, so much so that we created a real life um, laboratory that for example for washroom testing or kitchen appliance testing it reflects a real life environment with hard surfaces so there's not an anechoic chamber so we've set about to independently uh, supported by you know fantastic experts measure the sound and to verify sound levels um, that are claimed and in doing so we then report and certify those that are best in class um quite category to help ultimately everyday people in homes and houses or um trade buyers specifiers um to make sure that they have got a te- technical third party kind of rubber stamp on you know, any any purchase or purchase decision moment um, because it's really difficult to know the sound of something until you plugged it in or you bought it or you got it home. And, and that was essentially what we were trying to solve. Um, and also to put pressure on um, manufacturers and retailers initially um, to say when a product is quiet, that it should hopefully sell better and that there should increase the others in that particular category to maybe invest more in you know, making machines and products that can solve the problem too. So,
0: and you're talking about some of some of the biggest and most recognizable brands when it comes to kind of household appliances, that kind of thing, here, aren't you?
1: Yes, we've, we've fortunately um, built uh, great relationships with um, very many household brands over the years, and also created a journey with them, which is most important, uh, sort of collaborative in terms of. Looking at prototypes, even and uh, ways to measure things which are difficult to measure, um, it, it is a very pioneering move. The whole of Quiet Mark is is almost trying to do the impossible to measure it, the sound of everything on you know planet Earth, um, but breaking it down step by step. You know we have to do it together with some of the most thought leading, brilliant R and D departments in the world to work with engineers also who are just as passionate as us to find solutions and cross pollinate and um it's, it's a very exciting technical journey um i, I find it exciting <laughs> it gets me to my desk every morning. <laughs> anyway how, how does the
0: how does it work how does the relationship work poppy do, do these companies do, do they have a lot of knowledge and um a lot of knowledge and kind of is it their own mission as well to make these products as quiet as possible or do you guys kind of come in and and guide them in that regard like or is it very much just kind of co co-driven kind of mission
1: yeah it's it's a it's a bit of both there there are some which just have the the shared passion right from the start there are some brands that have just had brilliant engineers that have made acoustics a priority in their in their design process there are others that are suddenly going shucks we need to make this a priority because look at the sales of quieter products when it's got a quiet mark on it so some of the latest statistics from one of our long-standing retailer partners is showing such a surge especially since lockdown of quiet mock product searches on their um, you know some many millions of, of their customers so in that sense the driving of sales of these quiet mock awarded products i presume is making everyone go well this is a new trend and this is um you know it is the future it, it's, it's also a, a duty of care to the human being that you're designing for if you really care about your customer you're going to make a product that's going to be comfortable supportive protective and when you're designing with sound that is um intrusive or hasn't been crafted as beautifully as the physical you know ocular visual design um that sound is going to cause um discomfort so i think it's on many levels, I think people are awakening to sound being, design being as important as the visual design on many other areas of the product. Um, Also, I think there's a lot of, you know, brilliantly talented acousticians that maybe haven't been given the millions behind them to be able to go in that direction. And I think now maybe is that tipping point of acoustics and all the variants of its amazing measurement, because decibels is only just one aspect of sound measurement, and I could waffle on for hours about that, but I probably won't. Yeah, <laughs> bore you. But you know, things like quality and tonalities and frequencies, um, which are not reported on a standard ERP label, um, are very much how we experience sound. So. You know, the wonderful acquisitions in RD departments and some of the biggest brands in the world can now maybe flex their muscles a bit more to, or were already and now can do more so um, to create amazing machines of the future or products that can entirely change the way we're moving as society into how we build our homes and almost bring, I mean, I could even leap to say healing. I mean, sound, the right frequencies can be healing. So if you, I'm sort of going off now onto a whole other tangent, but if you listen to the beautiful sound of ocean waves, you know, it's broadband sound. That actually is very calming and healing, like what you get at a spa. Whereas, you know, so so why should we have beeps and bleeps that are actually making cortisol shoot? You know, as a kind of survival tactic, whenever you hear a notification, you know, that there's a way to design that is is intelligent and beautiful, and I think that's our encouragement, um, you know, at, at large, uh,
0: really. Mm. Uh, it might sound an obvious question poppy but how how difficult is it from an engineering perspective to make machines quiet i'm guessing it's it's very very difficult
1: (laughs) Brilliant question because okay okay let's go to a kettle for example you know you've got to make that kettle boil if you're if you're an engineer in, in like under two minutes um or take a vacuum cleaner you know it's not only got to suck a lot of dirt out of the carpet and you know without you know making someone's arm fall off pushing the pressure but also to make that quiet it's a I'm not an engineer but I do know that the triangulation of making the noise quiet is a big head scratcher you know there's a huge amount of however if you look at something like the engines of a dreamliner aeroplane where they've managed through mainly sometimes observing nature um I I I was privileged enough to see the engine of one of these aeroplanes where they had come up with a brilliant idea just to change how the the air hit the metal as it flies through 500 miles an hour and just by changing making holes or grooves it reduced the noise by you know x percent just through little design tweaks so i think it's a kind of a moment where we need some revelations about how other massive machinery has been made quiet and then maybe cross pollinate into other areas it's a be amazing to have a forum of acoustic designers talking from across industry I'd love to host that if anyone's up for it um you know just kind of go well yeah you know look at the owl's wing how it flies you know and and I think James Dyson's very famous for, for looking at nature for his design so um yes I think it's a passion for solving a massive problem which is causing a pollutant that hurts human beings and we need to we need to do it together. Do you want to keep up to date with the latest in enterprise, technology, and digital transformation? Visit digitalbulletin.com for news, long reads, thought
0: leadership, and so much more. That's digitalbulletin.com. let's talk about the future and what 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 in your view, in your view what does the future look like from a or or sound like from a noise perspective um because obviously we're not going to live in a silent world that's never going to happen but what 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 do, what do we need to get to what do we need to improve what changes do we need to make when when we're thinking about the problem on a much larger scale than a washing machine in a kitchen for example
1: yeah i think well, first of all, I think there's just a, a, a knowledge gap about sound and how it it affects our bodies. So, our focus at QuietMark over the next year is is actually an educational one, in in a really you know uh, simple and easy way to understand, to um, share with whether it's mass market consumers or um, trade buyers, you know, coming alongside to explain why it's important and what it does to the human brain or heart or you know when sound. So once you get that revelation, a bit like when we know that, you know, plastics are choking birds in, you know, on the seashores, you know, you're like, right, I cannot buy any more plastic. You know, I think it's the same thing with sound when you understand what it's doing and how deeply it affects um, that then brings the change and the outworking of that. So um, it's a funny thing to say, looking at the future where we're also focusing is almost to go back to the original design, like the original intent of how our planet was designed and how we were designed to solve it. So, for example, many people are getting through the lockdowns at the moment through going, you know, for nature walks or listening to more well-being apps that give natural noises and sounds. And that's there's a sense of healing or rebalancing when you do connect with those more harmonic sounds. And I think that's the starting point for how we. Um, evolve sound design for technologies and products generally in our home and living in office environments going forward is to go well how come that those and frequencies which are a technical pattern how can we mimic that so technology being in harmony with nature so it's not about tiptoeing around in silence because you know sound is amazing it's a whole like universe that maybe we haven't really understood or explored yet but it's kind of fusing that Beautiful design that we can recharge on, with the the amazing leaps of technology innovating before us. So it's kind of a blend of the two to be uh, able to be sustained and and continue at this pace of growth that that we're that we've charted. Um, So it's exciting, um, but it's a big challenge and it's going to require some really brainy people uh, or who are already on it um, or for them to be given more of a spotlight or a chance to evolve it.
0: I'm I'm guessing you're watching the sort of changes in the automotive market with a lot of interest at the moment because obviously as we shift to electric vehicles um, cars I imagine generate a huge amount of the general kind of noise of outside that is something which is going to make a significant difference isn't it when we we talk about electric vehicles and the electrification of transport
1: it it is a huge shift Um, good in many many ways and also then also an acoustic problem because there's more silence and there's more uh, potential issues of people not hearing a car coming. Um, and so actually one of our um, uh, quite much certified um, products is an extraordinary broadband alarm that again isn't to that, that could be fitted to cars and vehicles that has a broadband frequency. So the introducing of all alerts and beeps and bleeps don't suddenly then overtake the wonderful strides that an electric coal will provide for the environment by depleting it with then a noise pollution issue so there are there's sort of a rush to have sound alerts for cars now but hopefully the ones that are chosen or employed you know on, on a big scale will also take into consideration these options that are again harmonious or you know um haven't got you know vehicle reversing vehicle reversing you know it, it, it's you know something that's sort of ah oh, i can cope with that that's a enough to alert me but not to startle and cause another layer of pollution mm. so one thing solved another one hopefully you know it doesn't, it doesn't become a problem um but there are some you know fantastic solutions out there which um you know are being innovated to to solve that
0: may i say poppy that your your, your personal kind of passion for this and obviously you've spoken about your family it really does kind of shine through but as, as you said you know you had this kind of moment in your life when you were 30 and and you decided to take this course why don't you tell the listeners what what you were doing before you did this? Because it's it's an interesting story, isn't it? Yes,
1: I mean it was a it was a huge U-turn. I mean, I, I was um, a film and television actor, and um, I had been classically trained. Um, and I was going up for you know had scripts that I was reading every day, going up for auditions, and I it was a it was a proper. Um, pause moment. I, I suddenly had a proper epiphany where I was like, what am I? I had a, almost like a sort of zoom out moment of, okay, I'm 30 now. Where am I going to be in X amount of years time? And what actually it was, it was a real sense of what good am I doing here? And the, it was coincidental that um, the family charity, the Noise of Bane Society, was really needing some inspiration. And um, the idea of Quiet Mart was on the table. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to play action heroes anymore that you know I want to it wasn't about I want to be an action hero it was more about I want to do something that actually makes a difference I feel tangibly so I quite literally sat down and started helping mum at the kitchen table and if you'd have told me 10 years later I'd be doing this I would have burst out laughing but maybe the you know the public um speaking or you know the, the sort of confidence you get in front of a camera on a stage or maybe that was uh who knows equipping me for being able to talk with confidence about this um to a global audience regularly <laughs> I don't know but i I feel very fulfilled and I, I don't ever regret the change um you know, enough respect to actors they can they, you know we need to be entertained but I think I I think something like grandpa was calling you know something something was was calling me out to um to, to beat this path I yeah. think
0: how proud are you that a you're continuing your kind of grandfather's legacy that he kind of started out and and the work of your mother as well And that you are having a genuine impact in an area that is having some good, having a good kind of impact and good influence on society. How how much pride does that fill you with? And do you think your thirty-year-old self would have been satisfied with what you're doing now?
1: Oh my goodness, what a brilliant question! (laughs) Well, I I wouldn't. I don't relate to uh, all humility. I don't relate to the word being proud. Mm Although, although that can be used in different ways, it's more. I have a real. I'm very practical, and I just have a sense of. I've got to I've got to complete this it's more about we've we've got so far now and it, it literally every day it, it almost feels like feels like a mountain that I never get to the top of because it's so huge but somehow there's a
0: do you feel, a like a, do, you feel a, do you feel a sense of responsibility is that is that kind of what you're saying like a responsibility yeah. to drive this forward
1: maybe I don't know maybe it's a mother heart I don't know it's you know it's a sort of I feel I see a mess in front of us maybe I'm just I'm heightened to it I'm quickened to it I see it almost like it's something we need to clean up it's something we need to put straight
0: that was the tech for good podcast listen subscribe and rate us on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Stitcher